0: Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where you discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and help us discuss the disgusting. You know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, eh, Megan. Hi. You know her from YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror and her infinite love for the genre. Zena Dixon is, hey, you Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we have a Dark Trio approved title for you. Dun, dun, dun. We're breaking from the usual episode format for a deep dive into the 2022 Favorite Barbarian.
1: Spoilers. That's right.
0: Spoilers. (laughs) I'm going to say this a bunch for like the next 30 seconds or so. (laughs) So be prepared for me to say spoilers a lot, and then we're not going to say it at all. Because why? You know there's spoilers.
1: Yeah. You you lose.
0: Yes. We're deviating from our usual format this week because, well, none of us are here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> twist we we're all ghosts all along or more likely life got in the way and we recorded this so we wouldn't have to skip a week you're welcome yeah we love you fair warning once again this is a deep dive into the 2022 movie barbarian so there will be nothing but spoilers from here on out if you haven't seen barbarian please stop listening right now probably the only time you'll ever hear me to st- ask you to stop listening to our podcast okay but stop go watch barbarian
2: then come back please then come
0: back and listen to the rest because as of recording this it is available on hbo max but if you don't have that please stream it somewhere or buy it for yourself it's a fantastic movie you won't regret it okay i don't think you'll regret it i can't promise you anything maybe you'll regret it. i don't know live your life
1: live your life (laughs) live it so
0: But I think all three of us feel very strongly that going into this movie blind is really the best way to get the most out of it.
1: 100%.
0: So that will be the last spoiler warning we give you this episode. If you're still listening, like you're in your car, you're doing the dishes and your phone's not near you or whatever, and you're scrambling to turn it off because you don't want to do spoilers, I'm going to do a slow countdown. (laughs) And then that's it. You can't blame us for ruining things that you should have gone into blind. Like the sixth sense was ruined for me. No, no. Don't be like John. No. Okay. (laughs) So I'll give you the slow countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. Blast off. From here on out, the reins are officially in Megan's hands. Oh, boy.
2: You're in trouble.
0: So, Megan, why don't you go ahead and start walking us down into the basement with Barbarian?
2: Some quick, basic setup for this movie. It was uh, released in theaters on September 9th. The plot synopsis has a young woman traveling to Detroit for a job interview. She books an Airbnb. Uh, She arrives late at night, pouring rain. She discovers the house is double booked. Strange Man is already staying there. Against her better judgment, she decides to spend the evening, uh, but soon discovers there's a lot more to fear than just the unexpected house guest. It is the feature debut of writer-director Zach Kreger, a founding member of The Whitest Kids You Know. In other words, this is somebody who's developed a reputation for comedy, not horror, but they are two sides of the same coin. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like most stories, conventional stories, and, you know, therefore a lot of movies have a kind of conventional three-act structure. Barbarian does too, but not in the fluid way you would expect. It somehow has a three-act structure, but very narratively... Like it's it's unconventional in the way that it handles yeah. that structure. So I think because it's so uniquely structured, the easiest way to kind of discuss this movie would be to break it down by each act. So um, before we get further into act one, I just wanted to read something that was actually part of the production notes that... Uh, Kreger's inspiration for Barbarian came from a nonfiction book he had read by security consultant Gavin De Becker, in which the author encourages women to listen to the little voice inside their head that identifies red flags and interactions with men that society has encouraged them to ignore. He explains mm-hmm. those red flags are often benign, things like a man doing you a favor you didn't ask for or injecting sexuality into an otherwise sterile conversation or unwanted physical touching, even if it's not sexual, All these things that women have to be careful about that I, as a man, never had to consider because I don't live in that physical landscape where half the population could be looking at me as prey. It made me realize how different the experiences are of a man being in the modern world and being a woman. So the book prompted Kreger to try writing an ex exer- like a try writing exercise where he could write a scene for a woman to enter that was loaded with as many of those red flags as possible. And then he came up with the premise of a double booked rental house where the woman had to spend the night films filled-, filled with micro red flags. And then, you know, from there, it just kind of snowballed into a full blown feature. So, with that being said, let's talk about Act one, which really could be a full feature in itself. Uh, mm-hmm. specifically, Let's start with the characters. You have Tess, played by Georgina Campbell. Keith, played by Bill Skarsgård. A brief Lincoln-you'll-miss-him uh, introduction to Andre, played by James Butler. And then at the tail end, to close it Yeah, we'll get into that. I see John's... He's, he's got a confused <laughs> face. Uh, then you have at the tail end of this, the mother, played by Matthew Patrick Davis. So I actually wanted to start with Xena's take because I know... When they actually had the teasers and the marketing for this, they were very, very (laughs) vague. They just gave you kind of the gist, the setup, right? And I know that Zeta was like, oh my gosh, I need to see it because this is the prime example of what not to do. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I was curious, um, your take on Tess as a character, just within act one.
1: I just feel like she was making all the wrong decisions, like back to back to back, nonstop, and i know people will say easily like if you're being chased or something like i would have ran i would have did this this and that but before anything happened she had enough time to think about it you know where it is kind of like uh eh, you know i get it bill well keith you know he's he's a nice looking guy you know he doesn't look that bad or that crazy you know However, you don't know who's in that house, you know, so just the fact that, again, spoilers, so I can say this, guys, but just the fact that she, um, I just couldn't believe it. I remember watching the trailer, and I was just screaming at the screen because it's just like, (laughs) wait a minute, what? Oh, my God, what? Because she just kept on going. Like, she entered the house. She, you know what I mean? Didn't mind sitting down. She went to sleep. Yeah. The door was wide open. She went to the basement. What are you doing down there? <laughs> you know, it just kept on happening. And we already talked about it. I, you didn't ask me what I would do, but I have to tell you. No, tell I would have personally drove to a hotel, even if it's all booked for a convention. That's fine. I'll just stay in the parking lot. Okay. And I would just wait. Somebody, there has to be at least one cancellation. You mean everybody's going to this convention? No way. No. So, yeah, I, I, I want to. I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, I wanted to like her, but I did not like her in the beginning.
2: She had to w- w- like kind of warm you over a bit. Mm-hmm. She did. Okay. John, your thoughts on Tess?
0: Um, can I provide both mine and my wife's feelings Absolutely. about this? Please. <laughs> uh, my wife very much mirrors Zena's sentiments, where she's like, "What is she doing? Why is she doing that?" <laughs> and <clears throat> I remember. I remember not thinking uh see and this is the male perspective I suppose on the or a male perspective on the movie is that I wasn't thinking nearly as much about the mistakes she was making because I knew I was watching a horror movie yeah. as much as I was watching Bill Skarsgård like what's his deal mm-hmm. how did uh, cuz immediately I'm like well this guy's the killer right like he somehow figured this all out he's in there he's got something set up for her he's clearly trying so hard to overcompensate for the concerns about what's going mm-hmm. on making teas like oh you didn't see me make the tea so i had this wine i thought maybe you'd like some wine but you wouldn't drink it if i opened it up and like there's all these things going on where it's like he's coming across as super charming that the i didn't actually start to get diffused from him until and maybe this was also a wrong time feeling about getting diffused that he, she knew who he was or the group that he was a part of. Mm. So it would have taken like next level research for him to have known who she was and figured that stuff out. It's like, okay. so it's a coincidence, but I'm like, but then I'm like, well, wait, what the hell's going on? Yeah. So I, again, like, I don't, I don't know the same fears that women have in those situations. Like, I just don't, like, I thought it was unwise. I thought it was weird that she was going in the house, but it was rainy. And she looks back across the neighborhood, which we'll talk about the neighborhood, oh, yeah. like later on. It's just a dark neighborhood and stuff, and everyone's asleep.
2: It's pouring rain. Appears everyone's in the middle asleep. Of night. It's pouring rain. She can't she, see she the does houses. a cursory attempt. Mm-hmm. She's
0: not familiar with Detroit in the first place, yeah. So she probably tried a little search. And how many is she going to try? And yeah, who knows? Who but knows she did all have the other car, things? You know, she did have a car, but all the other things going through her head, like in that moment. Th- there's there's what you quote unquote should do and then there's what you do and like i i don't know i don't uh, yes i think i'd i probably wouldn't have gone in symbols and they even talk about it like hey if this was me in the house and you showed up you wouldn't have had any problem just barging right in like as a man just walking mm-hmm. right in the house like you own the place like but me i have to be so they kind of also diffuse it that way she acknowledges, yeah, this is messed up. Yeah. Like, look at all these warning signs that I was trying to deal with and navigate and things like that. So I wasn't so mad at her at the time as much as suspicious of him. Yeah. <laughs> because I assumed she was a victim, too. Which, uh, is that a little fucked up to just assume, too, that the woman walking into the house is a victim? Because at the same time, she could have been the killer.
2: Yeah. Except, you know, she's coming from a place of vulnerability i mean it's kind of a typical or you know a trope of horror is you know the women are definitely more vulnerable and men can be predatory yeah. in uh mm-hmm. in horror movies so yeah you're like you're using that horror knowledge to be like yeah she's kind of sol like she's already being cornered right off the bat
0: well it's like when the news talks about serial killers or potential serial killers or killers that they haven't been able to identify or track down yet they refer to him as he because statistically yeah it's he
2: yeah and nothing about this yeah i'm i'm kind of a mix of both where i'm like what are you doing what are you doing these (laughs) you're ignoring all of these red flags that you're acknowledging it and i also kind of understand you know you can see kreger kind of trying to write around some of these things in advance Mm -hmm. you know like there's a convention going on it's pouring rain you can't see Mm -hmm. these things she's exhausted and she has to be up for the biggest you know job interview of her career and that's probably taking up a lot of real estate in her mind and stress it's like you can kind of see it but at the same time you're like don't care go sleep in a walmart parking lot yeah
1: but don't you because it's like at first from the trailer you think that she took i thought that she took a cab or an uber that right. would be understandable. But the fact that she has a car, mm. even oh, if yeah. she doesn't know the neighborhood, you know, you have a phone that has GPS. Yeah. So I I'm not
2: know. justifying it. I'm just saying, like, you know, kind of torn between, like, yeah, I can kind of understand it, but to, like, girl, what are you doing? And then, yeah, mm-hmm. you start fixating on Keith because... You also, I think that was brilliant casting because Bill Skarsgård, he's, he's got looks, he's got charm, but he's also played a whole lot of bad guys. And that's also kind of laying into your expectations to where it's like, yeah, he's bad news. And Mm -hmm. then things start to change. And here's where it gets really crazy because things, you know, her guard is up, our guard is up with her. And then he slowly diffuses it and hey, this guy is actually like a decent guy and some creepy things happen at night while uh, you know, it's supposed to be bedtime. And then mm-hmm. she gets up the next morning and she goes to her job interview.
0: That's it's such a it, to me, it was such a startling moment because she finally goes to bed, he goes to bed, and they've kind of been flirting and you're kind of wondering is something gonna happen. There's this whole bedsheet scene where you keep waiting for him to like lunge at her and wrap her up in the bed sheet and slam <laughs> her against the wall or something. Yeah. <laughs> what? and oh yeah when they're doing the, when the, they're changing the, cute the duvet, duvet trick yeah yeah and like as soon as he has it like over his head like i assume he's just gonna like wrap her up in it or something yeah, like bear that? and I like it
1: was like, really cute like, tie mm-hmm. her up in a
0: sack like jason and smack her against the tree or something <laughs> oh,
2: you think he's that strong
0: <laughs> wow he's got pennywise strength yeah okay, and true. and then like he has like the night terrors and you're kind of like, what the hell is going on here like and she scares the hell out of him, but then she goes back in the room, and you think something's going to happen, and you see the door close, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then she just flops on the bed, and it's day, and it's kind of like it's a like, super jarring transition.
2: Like how did you sleep yeah. after that? Yeah. Mm-mm.
0: Well, and the fact that that's that editing cut where it's like, and now it's day, nothing else happened. You're like, what? Well, wait, yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. I yeah. have been tense for half an hour right now. Yeah. Like, and nothing happened? You son of a bitch.
2: Yeah. So this (laughs) is... I'm
0: exhausted watching this movie. It's so
2: good. It's on the edge of your seat the entire time. And here, and and it continues. Like, he continues to Mm -hmm. kind of toy with your expectations and Tess's because Mm -hmm. she gets up and leaves. And this is the first time she's seeing the neighborhood. (sighs) And it is terrible. This is not a place Mm -hmm. you want to be staying. Uh, So then she goes and she has a great interview and it ends with her boss or her potential boss or future boss in like what are you doing in this neighborhood like are you yeah. crazy yeah. and so she goes back and you're like she's gonna get her stuff this this is we're getting to the end of this movie right i feel like i've been on edge for like five hours now right that's yeah. and here's where we meet andre you don't get a good look at andre but she sees this neighborhood comes back to you we assume like finish her stay collector <laughs> stuff whatever oh, and he yeah, comes yeah. charging yeah. down the street yelling at her and she freaks out understandably the threat is not no longer inside for her because keith you know has disarmed that now the threat is external for her Mm -hmm. from her perspective until like the basement um it wasn't until i was re-watching to prepare for this that i kind of realized that act one doesn't introduce any villains these are all like good people there are well-intentioned people you know this person she thinks it's like a crazy homeless guy coming like that's a threat to her he was we don't know till later
0: he was trying to warn her i mean act one kind of introduces a villain
2: it doesn't though i would argue that yeah so like what
0: about the end of act one
2: well i'll I'll lead up to this real quick to to get (laughs) to that point but you know she winds up finding this horror basement because she's going down for toiletries and gets stuck oh, there. And gosh. then Keith has the very male thing where he's like, I'm not scared. I'm going down there. And then the horror happens. And then, you well, you know, that's where we have end of act one with Keith literally getting his skull bashed in in this yeah. underground. And that's our first in- horrifying introduction to the mother. Uh, I would argue yeah. that she is a product of... Uh, not really not nature or nurture i mean like
0: oh she, i see what you're saying yeah. so you are so she's not the not being she's a villain not
2: a villain in the conventional sense there this is she had no say in in her uh, upbringing or who she it, is it's
0: what? like it's like training like uh like a pit like you train a pit bull to be like a dog in dog fights and then calling it a villain when it attacks someone
2: it's but, like they I don't mean... know any better <laughs> Yeah, the real
1: villain but, is Dad,
0: the one who made them. Right? Yeah,
1: I agree. But I mean, clearly, if people are resisting hairy milk, you know, and <laughs> you know all this and smelly smells, for those and, of you
0: who haven't seen a hairy milk bottle lately, oh, make God, sure you check out Zena's Instagram. Yeah.
1: yeah, I had to post it. But no, oh, I um, God. I a little bit off topic. I wanted to kind of talk about that room. Remember the room that she finds that has, like, the camcorder the, thing? The bed and the camera. Yeah. Yeah, told, oh, that there's certain pastas filthy. that
0: immediately reminded me of. So oh.
1: gross. So gross. Yeah, like, that's... you see that? Yeah. Run. Mm-hmm. Run. Just time to go. Time no, Because it... it's so weird. Because, honestly, in the house, like, it's a nice, it looks very nice. It looks very cozy. You know, it's just the neighborhood that blows. You know, that's pretty terrible. And then until you find out what's in that basement, you know, which is unfortunate because clearly she was going to leave. But yeah. I don't know.
0: And I don't necessarily blame Keith for his choice because he does explain he's like, listen i I haven't seen what you saw mm-hmm. And he's not expecting there to be anything else in the house. no he but literally he also just wasn't wants to listening. go down and see the thing yeah. he's scared of so he can come back and be like, yeah, that's messed up. Let's get out of here mm-hmm. instead of like, okay we left Well, what'd you see Well, I didn't see anything Well, what'd she see? bed in a bucket believe did you see it believe
2: women would she is that unhinged and freaked out and talking about Mm -hmm. cameras and stuff in the basement like
0: no yeah if my wife had said that to me i'd have been in the car before she was uh,
2: like (laughs) that alone it's just yeah that would have had me gone yeah
0: what do you mean you saw a bucket let's go
2: (laughs) and again that's more to do with like here here's the gender divide here Mm -hmm. um yeah but that is you know mother's appearance her startling appearance, that is the end <laughs> of Act One. And right after that gruesome kill, I thought the movie could have been done. Like, I genuinely was like, well, that was intense and terrifying, and that's it, right? No. Uh, then we have an abrupt tonal shift to introduce <laughs> Justin Long's AJ, a star... Who is pressured into uh selling off his assets for legal fees, um, in the wake of rape allegations by his co star. That he we see him singing, driving along a highway <laughs> next to a beach, um, uh, having a grand so old before time. Before we get into that.
0: Huh? Before we get into that, real quick. Yeah. Uh I was just thinking about like the concept that act one could have been a short film in itself. Yeah. Which I agree. That it kind of does have a beginning, middle, of end, and end all to itself. It arguably almost does have its own three act structure. Yeah, within act one. Yeah, but I, if that had been like a short film, like we see these amazing short films on YouTube, etc., and then someone would have been like, "Okay, we got to turn this into a feature," this would have been a worse movie. Even if they turned that short into the movie, because people would have been like, what in the hell did (laughs) you do with that short? Because it's so different. Yeah. Like act two and three are so different from act one that this is arguably a masterpiece as the three acts. While each one could almost just be its own thing. Yeah. It's only really what it is together.
2: I agree. Absolutely. But yes, then
0: then then, yeah, you have Justin Long singing along to some song. I Ricky Ticky Tabby by first. Donovan.
2: You bet. I but just it up. <laughs> getting it, just bopping. Yes, yes. He is having a grand old time. He is chipper. Life is grand. Uh, and then he gets the call that's letting him know that he is um, being ejected from this show at the request of the person accusing him. Um, and it's such a strong case that it's going to bankrupt him just for the legal Mm -hmm. fees and so uh this is where we learn that he is the actual homeowner of this detroit house and Mm -hmm. so he heads to detroit to i guess tidy his uh his assets up and prepare to sell it um and realizes that hey there's still stuff here So Well,
0: I think that there's actually another level of character development within that in the first place, though, because when he's talking to his financial advisor, and I didn't really notice this the first watch through, but I definitely did in the second, Mm -hmm. was that the financial advisor is like, well, given how much money you spend, yeah, like your current rate, this is a guy who has no concept of savings or tomorrow or anything like that, which is evident within his character throughout this entire movie. And so, really, it's more just indicative of this is a guy who's only like it's cash in hand. He's only worried about what's immediately in front of him. What's behind him doesn't make any difference. Right. So, all of that on top of it, he's like, he can't afford any legal fees. He can barely afford like the 50 grand in legal fees in the first place. Right. So, then he's like, okay, well, all right, I got to go take care of that. Doesn't even occur to him not to leave the state yeah. or talk <laughs> to anyone about it. He's like, no, I got to deal with this problem. I'm dealing with money. Yeah. I got it. And so then like he gets to the house and he doesn't care about any of those warning signs because it's the money and everything else. So it's just that bigger, it's that more, that greater character flaw of there's no hindsight. There's no regret. There's no, I've used this to describe my children before. It's like no fear, all regret. And it's kind of like, it's kind of backwards for him. Actually, kind of has neither, I suppose, in a weird way. But yeah, but then, like, yeah, he goes off to Detroit, and you find out he owns a house, and he's a jackass to everyone he talks to but, there, too. Just rude. But he
1: the casting, seemed... Oh, go go for it. I was just going to say, he just seems so oblivious to everything. Yeah. Yeah, and, everyone you know, is, like,
0: just in his way.
1: Yeah, and at first, you know, because he's Justin Long, you know, exactly. we, we want to like him, you know? Yeah. We want to like him until he admits... You know what he's done, and uh-huh. then even before he even does that, you just realize you just see that he's a terrible, terrible person. Yeah, you know, and there's no way around it. So even when he gets there, he's just so oblivious to the neighborhood. He walks in, there's people's stuff that are still there, and then he's like, "Oh, the maid didn't clean up," and it's just like, "Oh my, don't you want to like I don't know check around? Maybe someone needs help." But well, yeah. and then
0: he's mad. He's, he's just mad very about self self
1: involved, and but yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and then you. The big turn for me, despite being like rude to the rental office people and everyone else, when his friend calls and he answers the phone. Hey, (laughs) hard F that I won't repeat. I'm like, oh, no, (sighs) this guy's so much worse than this is going to get worse. And And then he admits to sexually assaulting the woman. Even with
1: with the rental people. And we kind of touched on this weeks ago off air. I'm pretty sure, obviously, because, we, you know, spoilers. Um, Yeah. Well, we when we (laughs) talked about this. The renter place, like the company, I don't know. I know that they didn't say that they weren't involved, you know, with the thing. I think that they know, you know. I think that it's like either they know or that the neighborhood is just so terrible and just run down that no one cares. But I don't know. I like to think of it as I think that they knew that there was something going on because, come on, how many times... Has, first off, you finding people's stuff in there. You think that people's just leaving their, like a MacBook. Who is leaving their MacBook someplace? Yeah. And other things. And I say this too, because I rent like some, uh, a property sometimes. Like through. I know it's not through Airbnb. There's a way to see, I'm not saying it can't happen. So, but there's a way to see, you know what I mean? Who's renting. And just the fact that there was like a crossover between, you know, Tess and Keith, and it's just like, okay, that happened. And it's just, again, like I said, it could go either way, either they just don't care because it's just the neighborhood and it's not like, you know, Justin Long's character checks in with it anyways. Like, who cares? You know, they're still getting
0: well, paid. Yeah, and has no one reported them missing because haven't right. they been... Don't, doesn't Tess mention it's been, like, weeks?
2: He, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, that she was in the old... That's a weird gap. Like, I feel like Keith's people... Somehow they would have tracked him down otherwise.
2: I think that's the line meant to indicate that this place doesn't get rented often. And why would it, you know, like this is in the middle of a place that nobody wants to stay at unless you Mm -hmm. happen to be either somebody looking specifically for the rough part of town like Keith, or you are somebody that's not familiar and absolutely clueless. Um, But I got the impression based on some of the dialogue that this was not a place that gets a lot of traffic and it's mm-hmm. not a place that they seem to really care about. They definitely don't yeah. care about the owner. Uh, if it's mm-hmm. rented, great. Like it's it's a it's a distant business. And then you there was and
0: mother mostly comes out at night. She let so go. They, they survived that night. Yeah. So mother, <laughs> mother, whatever else the you mother. Call her. Yeah.
2: So it's like that. Mama. The reality is, is like they probably there were people that came and went without any the wiser, assuming yeah. when they came.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so one thing I wanted to talk about was something we talked about off air, and this is probably maybe also um directed towards male listeners because this is something I thought about, mm-hmm. and we had talked about this off air, and I talked about this with my wife too, saying that I didn't like that Justin Long, that Justin Long admits that he assaults that girl, that she said no, and he kept going, because to me, I liked the idea of not knowing. And then you see in the third act him basically admit to what he did around the campfire, kind of allude to it. And then his total, like, sacrificing test at the very end that we'll oh. get to. So I didn't necessarily like that because I thought that that would have been a cooler reveal later. But Megan, much more astutely, which <laughs> my, my my wife also pointed out, like, no, Megan's right with this, not you. <laughs> you're just a Thank dude you. talking about this. Yeah. Was Megan's point was is by doing that reveal, everything that Tess does for the rest of the movie, you know that her heart is in the right place and that she's making a mistake. Hmm. So it actually adds another level of tension, especially for female viewers watching, You're like, No, 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 but he's the terrible person. Mm-hmm. Don't save him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I get that too. So if there was anyone out there thinking the same thing as me, and maybe I'm totally alone. That's like, no, what are you, stupid? Like, obviously, that's what the point was. It's,
2: it's like the Hitchcock's bomb theory where, you know, the two characters are dining and there's we know as the audience that there's a bomb. Like, the camera will pan over to the bomb. They don't mm-hmm. know. We know, so mm-hmm. we're waiting for it to explode and it's building tension. So it's like yeah. a, a kind of similar thing, you know, why I brought up earlier that Act 1 kind of introduces only i wouldn't say benign characters but you have tess who's our heroine you have keith who was clueless but ultimately a good guy you have andre who seemed scary but ultimately was trying to ward her away from danger and then you have Mm -hmm. the mother who is dangerous and is terrifying but is kind of a product of a character that act two also introduces there are kind of two main characters that that act two introduces and that's The villainous AJ and the extremely villainous Frank played by Richard Brake (laughs) through a flashback that kind of gives (laughs) you a direct uh, and terrifying exposition of like how the mother came to be, you know, where it shows him in 1980s in a much happier version of this this neighborhood where he's planning for a home birth while picking up a new victim to torture.
0: The first time I think I remember seeing Richard Break in a movie was Doom. Oh yeah. With Dwayne Johnson like yeah. plays Goat I think in that or Portman. and he's a terrible person in that too. And just gross, just like <laughs> just on every level. He's, he's a drug so dealer, creepy
1: yeah he He's, is
0: <laughs> and then like obviously like 31 and i he was in uh uh not the three from hell sequel or three
2: from hell yeah that was it it was the was devil's Reject hell, sequel,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah or yeah the after devil's rejects um and then this and it's like this guy may play the most unsettling person like just just by existing I'm sure he's a. I'm sure he's a really cool guy yeah. and like a really sweet guy because I feel like some of the most unsettling characters are actually really sweet, sympathetic. I hear Bill Mosley's incredibly nice yeah. in real life. <laughs> yeah, but just because his demeanor is so flat when he's introduced, to he's just going about his day. This is very like calling like,
2: demeanor, though.
0: Oh my god, it's just like oh, you just you don't want to be anywhere near this guy like the whole time you see him as soon as you realize what's happening and i think i realized pretty quick about the home birth part and i was like there's something off about this guy uh
2: yeah yeah and
0: then the fact and then the fact that the cashier hands him the baby in me vhs uh-huh. <laughs> that's so pivotal to the rest of the movie, like I didn't realize that in the first place. I'm like, where'd you get that video from? But, yeah, and I was like, oh my god, that's literally he wasn't even trying to get that. Yeah, Ugh. he didn't even ask for that in the first place. But that becomes so pivotal or pivotal to the character later. And yeah, it's oh, it, it's like it's so the levels of unsettling just keep going. The mm-hmm.
2: the visuals alone of like what's happening, the the action and the movement and the blocking and and all of the imagery is telling you so much about the mother's backstory, which that video likely raised her because what kind of, this guy, is it a father he left? And (sighs) you know, they, they explain a little bit more about the background, but it's like act one introduces these characters kind of thrust into this awful situation. Um, and then act two are like the really, really like awful people. Those are Mm -hmm. the ones that, and so you have like two sides of this coin and it all comes together in act three. Um, But before we go into act three, we do have to talk about that video and the bottle scene. Um, I want reaction. Zena. reaction when you first saw that. Like, did you like I I gagged. I, I honestly
1: covered my face and I don't do that because it's just it's kind of like, you know, you would have to do it if you if you want to survive. You know what I mean? Hair and all. Yeah. And imagine how it Ugh. smelled. Imagine oh how Mama smelled. Just oh that my room, God. soiled, yeah. just soiled. So that's a, that's my reaction. Yeah. John, what's yours?
0: The first time I watched it, I didn't really notice the hair. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I noticed it because there's one point I think the camera zooms in and I think it focuses on the hair. Yeah, if I remember, maybe my brain focused on it and like the no, no, I want you to know. Ah it won like so i think i saw it but it didn't like really resonate with me the first time nearly as much as just what was going on like i think my mind was still trying to wrap my head around like what 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 is actually happening right now yeah but then watching it the second time i was like oh yeah cuz i think the first time i was like yeah just suck on the bottle jesus what's wrong with oh, you oh no <laughs> well given the alternative to what we know would happen uh yeah i'd rather suck on the bottle well, yeah.
1: right yeah, and I was yeah. going to ask you guys that: Would you suck on the bottle, or would you just die?
0: Oh well, no, no, die is not the option, because that wasn't Justin Long's <laughs> yeah, o- option.
1: Ultimately, come on, she would have killed him with her love.
0: Like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> she would have suffocated him with her boob. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd go well. Mm, that's actually an interesting call. Uh, what are my chances of ever escaping from there?
1: i don't know
2: like because
0: <laughs> if i if i got like a 10 percent chance of ever escaping i'll take the bottle if it's less than that just smother me with a boob
2: <laughs> and just
1: smother me with a boob I mean, yeah. maybe oh, maybe but it's like look at what you're up against you know and, and be realistic yeah. too if you're you're like you know seeing this woman creature thing you know and look Monster. at what happened with keith
0: Well, amazingly strong monster that we find out later, too. It's not like she's weak and frail.
2: Mm -hmm. But Tess has been there for weeks. So, because she, she drank the milk. (laughs) She She drank the milk milk. and she was quiet and let mommy, Mm -hmm. like, what did she endure? And yes, go, Tess, go. Oh. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, we know more about the mother. Um, Justin Long not drinking the bottle is what allows everything to go because she yeah. drags his butt out of there to uh, force him to breastfeed. Yeah. While that gives Tess an opening to leave mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, she meets Andre and Proper, who's like, you're free. Go.
0: Do you think that that was like another overt or just subtle nod to the fact that Justin Long's uh, overall, is character, not Justin Right, Long, right. His AJ. character's feeling, AJ's character. AJ's feelings towards women, that this woman is telling me to do a thing, and I refuse to do that thing. And now two women are telling me to do a thing, and I'm still not going to listen to you.
2: I will I thought he was... say that I— It's
0: still just a gross thing. I but...
2: didn't think of that because I was too busy thinking, like, bravo, Zach Kreger, to have a sexual assaulter then be sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a little bit of a and taste then of his f- own medicine there.
0: And but... then face a sexual assaulter.
2: I just
1: thought it was like he was just he had
0: to come face yeah, yeah, to yeah, face yeah. with Frank, yeah but he, he had to look in the mirror. he
2: sees he doesn't even register that this guy could be a problem, you know he, well, he does, he... and he
0: also doesn't register that he's also looking at himself on a different level, yeah, Ugh. no, he just talks about how disgusted he is with that guy but that's Like, the, we're not the same that's
2: the thing is he doesn't see what he's done as as mm-hmm. bad. He's just like, I mean, it's in the confession where he's like downplaying it because there's some level of like. Oh either denial or just legit has no clue what he's done wrong yeah i just um, took it as that he was um you know in shock
1: when you know they're both well when tess yeah. was telling him to to do that i mean but that's a that's an awesome way to see it i didn't even think that
0: i mean basically every woman he talks to during the course of this movie his mother his he rejects mother. what they're saying mm. Like the rental agency, he gets pissed at the women at the rental agency. He gets pissed at his agent on the phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, The only person he listens to is the homeless man at the end about what's going on. <laughs> he oh, shoots honestly. the woman who comes to save him.
2: Well, he shot blindly. To be fair, not to defend, yeah, but AJ he still shot
0: he's... the woman. Yeah, coming. He had his cell phone light out,
2: but he didn't see her. Like, no <laughs> I, not, I don't want to not but... to sound like I'm defending the scummy guy, but like that particular instance, he did not. Re- he shot into the dark. I don't think uh, that yeah. that was intentional. Yeah, because he even was like, "Oops!" Because this is the person who came back for him, which.
0: I think he said, I barely hit you, though, too.
2: <laughs> well, he's all like, about minimizing the damage he's yeah. causing. Um, but he, he didn't mean to do it. He did it. And then he's just going to try and yeah. gaslight her, which is we're yeah. now firmly into act three at this point where she did yeah. get free, um, but decides because she doesn't know this person. She doesn't know. She didn't spend a whole like while she was in Mummy's hole. uh enter aj and we're learning about aj she doesn't know anything about aj so she just knows that this is another person in peril she's probably assuming that this is somebody else who booked a stay and she's like i gotta i gotta go out because the cops aren't reliable here mm-hmm. the cops just assume she's was another crazed horrible. homeless person no
0: it's horrible it's, ho- it's horrible the first time it was horrible the first time i watched it it was a little bit more sympathetic the second time i watched it um I thought it was a really smart idea from a production standpoint to have the police officer who doesn't believe her when she finally gets a police officer after she escapes to talk to her as she's talking to an African American police officer mm-hmm. whereas traditionally it is the male white police officer who doesn't believe especially if it's a person of color that they're going to be or like any biopog person be like oh whatever like I'm busy so that could be a level of talking about the institutionalization of something like the police force and that they're like, I don't, I'm tired. I don't know what's, I think, I, I, had, what am I supposed to do? Had
2: more to I do with the, the neighborhood. And
0: he, yeah. And they're clearly overworked. Like he literally gets a call about a shooting and he's like, lady, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, but... You don't have identification. You broke this window. Like I'm getting calls constantly about shootings mm-hmm. and he thinks she's on crack because she's all dirty that like it could be its own statement about an overworked under-trained uh, uh less than sympathetic profession at this point you know that it just wears you down on a different level
1: i thought it was also because of like kind of more like what you said and everything just kind of piggyback backing off of that um sorry i started thinking about mama in the middle of my sentence oh. like, <laughs> you do the book? <laughs> um, but yeah uh I, I thought that that scene was incredibly sad when she was trying to get help and just anyone would li- like someone to listen to her. But honestly, they thought that she was a crackhead. Like they thought that she was on
2: drugs. And she was one of the clearly, people slumming it in that neighborhood, yeah. like like Andre. Yeah.
1: But it's like well, clearly you- something must have happened to her, but they didn't even listen to her. They didn't take to value what she said. I mean, she's a good person because. I have to be honest with you I don't know if I would have gone back I'm sorry I'm so scared
2: I gotta I would be go. going for somebody else you know like yeah. these people think, didn't go to a police station something you know but yeah
0: I'll also think about what this film through the entire film it is switched it has subverted our expectations mm-hmm. especially as horror fans so we haven't even gotten to the end but one of the things that my wife pointed out is that that Zach Craiger that she didn't know his name like the writer director of this, knows horror yeah knows what we expect Mm -hmm. yeah and doesn't give it to us right like he takes all those expectations he's like yeah but i'm going to give you something else so it's like instead the first 30 minutes is not just build up to what's going to go on it's going to be pure tension Mm -hmm. and you don't get any release and then the release is going to be the strangest thing where you're confused about this new arc to it and And then it's just constant subverting our expectations in a way that I've never seen in a horror movie before. Frankly, any movie. Like, it's almost Tarantino-esque, like, with what he did with Pulp Fiction, completely changing the timeline for what we were watching and our expectations. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Because normally the cops are also a hero in mm -hmm. some way.
2: But they're also Maybe the cop
0: goes in and the cop dies. I think... But the cop is there to save. And in this way, it's like, finally, she's safe. She's out. Yeah. Nah, we're not going to help you. Like, what? No, in movies, that's what happens. Someone saves you. Yeah, a good Samaritan helps you. Yeah. Nope.
2: Yeah. Uh. So, firmly in Act 3, she does go back. um, Right as he actually gets free because he meets Frank in his little... (laughs) room full of tapes of his mementos of the heinous crimes he's done and then he realizes when justin long's like oh yeah the cops are coming um he's like he kills himself his his job is he's not very mobile at this point he has no functional health so he kills himself and that's how uh aj gets the gun And shoots her, and then they, you know, then it's like this wild ride of like trying to get free a mother who just wants her children back. But one of them's very (laughs) naughty, and one of them's very who's
0: already been hit by a car.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, Andre's like, Oh, you're safe here. And then, oh my God, that's her Andre screaming
0: when she just bursts through. i might have giggled when he ripped her when she ripped his arm that's off like,
2: like that's the comedic timing because there is uh, so yeah. much like tense horror here and then Crager's like let me make you laugh here she but ain't ever coming here know? and then she did <laughs> how did well, that's she the know point. where they were yeah. like well she
0: found her baby mother always knows i
2: think you know there's the fire there's there's you can smell that um
0: or yeah, she was just trapped. She, who knows where she, she was probably, when they first started getting away? We don't even know where yeah. she was. She might have been looking for him and saw him dip in there, and
2: he's been <laughs> yeah. living there a while too. So she she might yeah. know because he has said she comes out at night. So you know, yeah, she
0: might have not cared about him, but right. now all of a sudden it's like you touched a baby duck or something. Yeah. And Mama duck's give me, gonna come give it back to my at children.
2: Um, yeah. So yeah, this is where the payoffs of these character arcs come into play as how these two together are now dealing with the threat of mother who just wants her babies. And (laughs) like you talked about, here's where we have like the sacrifice of uh, Uh AJ sacrifices Tess. And then, you know, she finally, all of it's done. Like, I think, you know, trying to retread everything, but I, I guess I'm more (laughs) curious than retreading like the plot details as to were the payoffs to their arc successful for you? Like John, was it fulfilling for where Tess and AJ end up ultimately.
0: Um. Yes, I mean, I I honestly I would have been equally happy if AJ had just been like blinded and then had to go to jail for being a rapist for the rest of his life. I liked having his skull split open too. Uh but but especially because he somehow made himself worse. through this entire movie he started out bad and he got worse while not being the villain in the movie while being a victim in the movie he made himself worse and worse and worse and the fact that he's he basically throws tess off the water tower and then when he sees she's alive down there, immediately starts to gaslight her. Like Just... I didn't even let go. You started to slip. I couldn't even, like, yeah. oh, my God, no. <laughs> I got so yeah. mad at that moment, which is a sign of very good acting and very good filmmaking. But I wanted to punch him in the face mm-hmm. so many times. Like, it is so, in that moment, so unbelievable that, yes, it's somewhat cathartic when he gets his eyeballs gushed out by fingernails and Ugh. his skull split open. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I th- he deserved worse than mm-hmm. that. He got out easy, all things considered. Uh, Tess, I just feel bad for. That is trauma. You ain't never going to get over, like, all that. And and it also ended more heartbreaking than I expected. In what way? What. Like, my- Well, mother basically being like, (laughs) I thought that she was just going to kill mother. And to me, I actually interpreted it as mother knowing she didn't belong in this world. And seeing that Tess wasn't their baby and being like, yeah, pull the trigger. I don't belong here. And to me, that was heartbreaking.
2: I didn't take it that way, but it was heart. I still took it as heartbreaking. But to me, it was like, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's... Like Andre explains that she's a product of incest. She's mm-hmm. she's mentally handicapped. She doesn't know. Yeah,
0: she might not even she, know what the gun she does. She saves. Yeah, she Tess might not understand yeah. from
2: death. Um, no thanks to AJ, and she's trying yeah. to soothe her. She doesn't. She has no awareness mm-hmm. of of a situation, and that's why I don't really see her as a villain. Even though she yeah. does these horribly scary things, and she is like she kills Keith, um, but that final moment is just like sad. She she didn't. Get brought into See, the world. I think like she it...
0: knows. I think she knows the danger of the gun, though, because she kept it far enough away from Frank that he couldn't get it. It wasn't until AJ brought the table closer that he was able to get the gun. But
2: was her the one? Like we're assuming that she moved the gun from him, and it wasn't he didn't have any threats, so that gun was he kept the gun away. Maybe, and then you know lost his functional health over the years in his tiny yeah. little hole.
0: Yeah, and he was and he wasn't actually willing to kill himself until he realized that the police the jig is were up, yeah. Him, sort of yeah, thing. and it seemed like but, Mama
1: kind of had like uh they stayed away from each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. when Keith yeah. goes not Keith, when AJ goes towards the door, she kinda just lets him do it. Like, oh that's
0: dad. I yeah. don't wanna, yeah. I don't wanna um, make dad mad. But like he didn't ring the bell, I'm not supposed to go in there, sort of thing.
2: Right. Yeah. She she was and, left to her own devices. hmm
0: Yeah. So I d de- Maybe it was just the sympathy, the, the actor who played mom or mother or mama or whatever you want to call her. The, monster, the movie credits her
2: as the mother.
0: Okay. Uh, the actor who played the mother, like there's just a sympathy that he portrays even through all that makeup at the very end. And to me, it looked almost more like a pleading look where it's like, like, like I'm in pain. Like this isn't any way to live, like or I can't live without you or whatever it is. So to me, it was like asking for suicide. I didn't realize this is so funny, Zena. I'm
1: sorry, because <laughs> you you guys said that the mama, you know, is called the Mom, mother, but no, mama. I want to call her mama. You know, so it's just fitting. <laughs> I was just thinking about that, but um, I, I want to go to answer your question, Megan. Yes, please. So, First, with AJ, he's a horrible person. And at first, like I said, you didn't really see it at first. You know, you yeah. just kind of think of him as like, well, he's an actor. You know, you have to be about your he's craft
2: just, He's just brash and impulsive. Yeah. Right,
1: right. But then as the you know movie goes on, like John said, like he just gets worse. Yes, <laughs> you know? he does. his yeah. true colors come out. It's just like, dude, you are ho- I would have left him there. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, it's your time. And then (laughs) it starts with Tess. In the beginning, you know, like I said earlier, I was not a fan of hers because, like I said, I feel like she just kept on putting herself in these same predicaments, in these same situations. It's like, girl, stop it, Mm -hmm. you know? But then, honestly, she grew on me because she really is just a kind person. And you can see that. And she figured it out. Like, even with how she was just playing the game with mama, you know? Okay, I'll be your baby. Because, you know, survival. You have to survive. Yeah. Um, so the ending, yeah, I get how you guys saw it being sad, but I thought it was more funny because <laughs> that's fair. You know, she was trying to like mama was trying to like drag Tess, but you know, she hurt her arm or something and she clearly she's in pain and she realized that so she has to leave her babies and you know mama was really sad. So she was like, baby, bye baby. Going <laughs> like poop. I was literally I had tears coming down my eyes in the because I don't know to be scared or just like just get away and unfortunately yeah like you guys like, like you said Megan I agree I don't think that you know she knew any better like yeah. it was just her environment it's not her fault however I'm happy that well from what we think that we saw that Tess hopefully oh, ended her because it's like this cannot go on like absolutely. this like, please in this horrible horrible absolutely I would 100% agree cycle.
2: Yeah, even though I think she's like a sympathetic character, it's not her fault. That definitely should have been how that story ended. I feel like Mm -hmm. he did all of the arcs justice. Um, He made sure that this guy was not going to get away with it because the reality is a lot of them do. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I kind of feel like from a female perspective, that's kind of the way it had to go. Because the reality Mm -hmm. is he would have gone home and maybe Mm -hmm. he would have had his career ruined, but not really. He would have been fine. Right, he would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah
0: still gouges his eyes out
2: uh, and then he gets sepsis from the gnarly nails and then he dies at the end perfect like he still dies so yeah uh biggest ends
0: up in a bed like frank
2: yes biggest lesson from barbarian either horror lessons or life lessons what did this movie teach you
0: don't stare at a stay at airbnbs <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: Airbnbs are freaky, but honestly, just listen to that voice. Like there's literally alarms in your head about these situations. Just listen. And if Mm -hmm. for some reason you just keep on doing it and, you know, finding yourself in these horrible predicaments, maybe you're the problem Tess. Okay. And you need to do, (laughs) you need to make some changes and clearly she did so.
0: Uh, don't just be giving vhs's of my baby and me to guys who <laughs> want to buy some rubber sheets
2: <laughs> plastic sheets and diapers that was the sign that he was yeah there was home birth he wasn't lying about his his
0: goal yeah, no there. he was accurate it's imagine, what was going to happen to that baby yeah. was the
1: issue.
2: imagine how it smelled in that room Ugh. oh God. yeah 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 uh yeah i'm i'm with john like Airbnbs were convenient when they were cheaper than mm-hmm. hotels, but they're not so much anymore. I've never
0: stayed in one. I can't bring myself to do it.
2: I have. Um, oh, I have. Yeah. Oh,
0: I guess I've stayed in a cabin or two. I did not like it. It's a weird feeling.
2: It is, tr- especially now when like more and more of them want you to do chores while you're there. It's like yeah, like past. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah. Could you please take to- the trash out on this day? Like some of them do that. I'll yeah. stay
0: in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Forget you. Yeah, but they're, I did. Um,
2: I was just going to say, I did. This did make me think of like, you know, you're used to booking lodging close proximity to where you're going to stay or what you're going to be doing. And this really made me think it's like, yeah, she booked this place, this worst neighborhood ever, and she didn't know. And I'm like, well, that's food for thought next time I'm booking lodging somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And
2: there's like Google Maps. Go there in daylight. (laughs) You can see the neighborhood, but whatever. And speaking of the
1: neighborhood, we didn't really touch on it. Isn't that crazy how the neighborhood changed? Like th- I mean, I, I, I've oh, yeah. heard of that happening, we glossed but over it. drastically.
0: Well, it is I it is arguably my favorite part of the movie. Wow. Is her turning back, looking at the dark neighborhood at night, looking at the down the street towards the car that's on the like looks like it's parked on the corner under the street light and then goes in the house. And then in the morning walking out and seeing what it really looks mm-hmm. like is so amazing. Where it's like, oh, Oh, my God, that was so smart. Everything is just dilapidated and broken down. It's like, well, of course there were no lights on in the houses. No, people weren't asleep. Yeah. right. No one lives there. Yeah. Oh, that was so great.
2: Uh, On that note, I want to ask, the marketing, okay, the marketing on Barbarian was pretty vague and almost generic looking. They gave the images that they released, gave nothing away. It's like, oh, here's Tess looking surprised. Oh, here's Tess looking scared. Or here's Justin Long looking scared um same thing i think that the trailer only kind of teases act one nothing mm-hmm. after that so do you think that this movie would have been the sleeper hit that it became had it taken a different approach to its marketing Ooh.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh
2: okay, okay, okay. Go, i'm go. gonna say
0: <laughs> yeah you go i
1: don't know. I, I would, nah, okay no i'm gonna say honestly <laughs> No, I love the fact that they they kept everything a mystery because you already had this real then. I don't care if I'm annoyed with her. I was still planning to go see that movie just so I can be upset, you know, while, <laughs> yeah. while watching. And I yeah. think a lot of other people feel that way. You all felt that way. You know what I mean? You still want to check it out. And plus, it's just like an Airbnb, Airbnb horror movie. And you hear some crazy. like I went down the TikTok Airbnb rabbit hole and listening to some people's stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because last year with my brothers and sisters, we stayed at this like really nice house, but it had a creepy bit. Now I would never, but the basement was unfinished. It had like a hole in the wall that went under the street. Like, what is that? I don't know. I don't know. Point is, I think a lot of people, you know, they kind of, like the fact that it, it kept it a mystery. I think that if they would have gave us too much, because we've seen that, I won't name any movies, but we've seen that where they gave us too much and yeah. people were expecting it. So the fact that people went in there, and of course, it's like it, just chaotic, you know, the whole time, unexpected. Yeah. But it's obviously surprised people. And it also brought more people into it. So like, even Once if you're not into horror, in. I, I, yeah, I know so many people who say they don't like horror movies,
2: but they've seen that movie in theaters. That's crazy. I love it. I Mm -hmm. love it. Um, My final question. Merriam-Webster defines Barbarian as a person from an alien land, culture, or group believed to be inferior, uncivilized, or violent. I'm just laying Mm -hmm. that out there because the movie is called Barbarian, but it never explains why. So what is your interpretation of the title?
0: Because it lives on Barbary Street. <laughs> it's a barbarian. Oh,
2: goodness. <laughs> Honestly, I know that
1: we're supposed to think, or maybe we are, you know, that mama or mother is the barbarian. I think that it's Justin Long. He's an I, animal.
2: I think Justin Long is And he Long just keeps on proving it. Daddy is. And dad, yeah, yeah. both of them. Yeah. Act two is a whole bunch of barbarians. Mm hmm. Frank, that's. can yeah. you
0: say that definition again though
2: uh the definition is a person from an alien land culture or group believed to be inferior uncivilized or violent
0: really could uh no that well that would be mother then if you go strictly by that definition if someone were to look f- at her from the outside go like word for word from that yeah they're from she's from a different place she would be viewed as being lesser and violent so and uncultured is Frank. and
1: yeah, and so is yeah.
0: AJ. But, but Frank, but Frank was also existing with his neighbors. Not well. He was well. putting on the facade. Yeah. yeah. No, well, they were still cool enough to just be able to walk up to him and just like chit chat. But he with also he committed barbaric
2: acts. Hmm.
0: A- agreed. Um. But yeah, that's yeah, your. I,
2: you know, I asked what your State. interpretation is, so I definitely accept. I do think that it's a movie that's meant to make you think about it. Yeah. Like that. That's yeah, title. No, I think that's.
0: Huh? Actually, pretty brilliant because I didn't think about it till the very end, and I was like, "Wait a second, why was that called?" Because it showed the title again. I'm like, "Wait a second,
2: like, why? What
0: the hell does that mean? What's a barbarian?"
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's it.
0: And that's the bloody disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd le- like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at haunted meg. Zena can be found on her own website realqueenofhorror.com and the YouTube channel the same name, or at lovely xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BedisgustingPod. Drop us an email at BedisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. But don't get mad that we spoiled this. We said spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so for this week, I'm John.
2: I'm Mother. Just kidding, I'm Megan. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I'm sending you hairy bottles for Christmas. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm Megan. Just kidding. I'm Xena.
0: Uh, grab a hairy nipple, cozy up on the (laughs) couch and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something.